watching, it looked like you were about to actually demonstrate the moonwalk. <laughs> were you thinking about showing off your moonwalking skills? No, because no. I don't have those uh, <laughs> at age 59. But uh, I will tell you, Gail, I regret that. This yes. is a serious moment. It's very serious. And whether it was a, a nervous laugh or whatever, uh, it was inappropriate. So you weren't thinking about doing it when you looked over at the, the floor? You were not thinking about doing a moonwalk? No. Liar. Yes, you were. You're a liar. Ignorant fool. <laughs> Thanks, Jacko. He's a dope. That's the governor of Virginia being interviewed by Gail King for the early show today, and he's just... He's just dumb. Well, he was, he was dumbly not understanding what was going on at the press conference when he dumbly almost moonwalked. And now he's dumbly apologizing for everything and just he's a whipped dog and he's in a defensive crouch and he's dumbly just being meek. So what do you do with these poll numbers, though? 48% say he should step down. 48% say he should stay on. That's all Virginians. If you ask black people, it's 60% say he should stay. Only 28% say he should go. It's got to be because of the disproportionate number of black people who are uh, in Virginia or Democrats? I don't know, but I would just say this. Since it's entirely a, a racist issue, in theory, against black people, right. if black people 60 to 28 say he should stay, then... We're done here. That to, to me, yeah, we're done. But again, Jack, it's I'm not about justice. On behalf of black people, no, yes, <laughs> that, well, you just enunciated this, what it's about. This is a patronizing, patronizing, racist thing to do. You should be outraged. I, as a white person, know that you should be outraged, even if you're not. Right. So he needs to go. I know. I find it incredibly patronizing. <laughs> a lot of the political correctness thing. Uh, so, just one more thought on the tax deal. We were talking about this uh, a, a little bit ago. That. There are all sorts of articles going out now from your various news outlets about how people are angry and outraged that their tax refunds are smaller and they're blaming Trump and they'll never vote for Trump again, even though they paid less tax all year long, significantly less tax. Eighty percent of Americans paid less tax. Eighty percent. If Elizabeth Warren tells you differently, she's a liar. No, if my refund's smaller, I paid more tax. Oh, boy. Oh, Thanks for golly. taking my money. There's one of the comments oh, online. Up. Oh boy, the good, debate continues. Good luck convincing people that's that's not the case. Look, my refund yeah. is smaller. I pay more tax. Oh boo, boy. Trump. Oh boy. So I swear, if we were to have Americans every paycheck, the first thing you had to do was sit down and write a check for your taxes, and put it in an envelope and mail it to the government. Or, or, or even hit them with a Venmo or PayPal or whatever. We'd have a revolution in this country, oh, yeah. uh, voting-wise. Oh, the, the difference in our politics would be so enormous and immediate, the founding fathers would reanimate and leap from the grave to take control because we would return to the principles on which we were founded. The painless, it disappears in the night method of taxation is one of the cleverest means of of milking a people dry of that's ever been conceived of by mankind to the point that people don't even understand that they're being taxed all they understand is the refund now i will grant you this it's the same concept of your netflix bill coming automatically out of your checking account everybody right. you just don't pay attention to it right anymore. you don't make that decision every month is this a good idea do i approve of this but i will tell you this I will grant you, getting a refund is great. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you have a bunch of money you didn't have the day, the day prior. And, and writing a check is, is really disappointing and angering. 
I get the emotional reaction, but if you can't understand intellectually how much you paid total versus your refund, then I, I just I fear for democracy. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I've got some great polling on the whole blackface thing coming up, but it'll take a little time. I'll hit you with this. Well, first you have to apply your makeup. Um, yeah, and that bit from Saturday Night Live was pretty good. And, uh, and, and once again, it seems pretty clear it has been decided. If you ever put on makeup, that is blackface in the same way as a minstrel troupe in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's a clearly it was a racist intention. Right. That has been decided by America. I don't agree, but I lost that argument. Yet another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure glad the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition did this. You need doctors to look into this. They did a lot of studies. I'll explain how they did their uh, their study here, but it turns yeah, out... Because you know me, I'm a stickler for methodology. Turns out whether you drink beer before wine or beer after wine, it's the amount, not the order, that's going to have to do with your hangover. No, beer before wine, you're doing fine. Wine before beer, you're hungover, I fear. Or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Wine Whiskey before after liquor, beer, you're very risky. Right. Sure. As sure. a drunk, I used to be amused by people who would say those sorts of things. Dude. Must have I didn't eat a lot. No, you drank a lot. Yeah. That's what it was. Exactly. I have I have tried every conceivable combination and sequence of alcoholic consumption, my friends, and I'm here to tell you it's how much, period. To arrive at their findings, researchers got ninety people pretty darn drunk. The participants were ages nineteen to forty. The control group had beer one week and wine the next. The other two groups drank beer, then wine, or wine, then beer. Their blood alcohol concentration was measured throughout. You flip to the second beverage once you hit .05. Did they have to take my blood every like couple times? Uh, uh, breathalyzer. Yeah. Oh, okay, got you right. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so once you hit a .05, you'd flip to the other beverage. So one week you did beer before wine, the next week you did wine after beer, and then the other group flipped also. Um, and then uh, one group did wine only, one group did beer only. Uh, press release notes that it worked out to two and a half pints of beer and four glasses of white wine per session per person. And then they flipped to the groups the next week, and they found that everybody ended up exactly feeling the same and the same amount of drunk, no matter the order. Thank you, doctors. This is a The hangovers, though, and the, uh, the stomach upset the next day, I'd imagine those were just the same. More or less. Yeah. It's, it's, it must have been the pizza I ate, not the 30 beers I drank. <laughs> I can't believe they actually do studies like this. I don't know. I'm there at the university. I got a lab coat. I got a lab. I got to do something. I got a budget. Yeah. I mean, I could look into, like, amoebas on sliced ham, or I could do a drinking thing. I would like to have been one of the participants. A couple of, couple of weeks of getting drunk every night. Wine night? Excellent. Let's get started. <laughs> No, you're in the beer group. That's fine. That's fine. I'll be okay. I'm going to get me 10 beers. The polling on blackface, pretty darn interesting. It cuts across income, race, education, age, everything. It's the same. What am I talking about? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. If you ain't got two kids by 21, you're probably gonna die alone. As chair of the ethics committee, I have to ask, has 
anybody else worn blackface in college? Anybody? This is completely off the record, so tell me now so we can get ahead of this. I have a question. What if the blackface was just part of your costume of a black person? You see, Tom, that's the exact kind of thing that we're looking for here today. Yes, Barbara. Does it count if you did it all the way back in the 80s? No, of, of course not. It was funny and cool in the uh, 80s. Well, no, no, I'm going to stop you right there, there, Phil. Uh, it does still count, and it was never funny or cool. Uh, so that's wow. from Saturday Night Live. I'd imagine it goes on in the yeah. same manner. <laughs> the one I liked the best was, uh, what was the host? I'd never heard of her before. Halston? Halsey. Halsey. Yeah, yeah, musical act. She was uh, the singer and the, and the host, but anyway. Former admiral of the United States Navy. Her character said, what if you're half black? Ooh, that's complicated. So you're, you're biracial? No, no, no. I went as Michael Jackson. Half white Michael Jackson, half black Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> See, I think there's clearly a distinctive difference between you were portraying a black person, and to do that, you had to put on makeup. In the same way, if you portrayed a woman as a man, you'd put on a wig. I think I don't think that's the same as a minstrel show, but I've lost that argument, so I need to quit saying it. Yeah, no kidding. What are you, a racist? You're not wearing a wig is sexual appropriation. By the way, you can't do that anymore unless you identify as a woman. Then it's fine, and then you get women's rights. Are you doing a blackface routine? But it doesn't matter. That that ship has sailed. I've lost. So they did a slave um, ship. They did a survey. When asked their views of politicians, this is from the Washington Post, who have worn blackface, many Americans are more likely to forgive the offense if it occurred decades ago. 60% of respondents said they would have a worse opinion of a politician if that person wore blackface within the last five years. So at least do I appreciate that view of, you did it in the 80s, most of the people doing that didn't think it was racist. But if you've done it within the last five years, surely you caught on that everybody thinks that's racist. Right. Well, yeah, I like people appreciating what presentism is. Don't judge people of 30, 50, 200 years ago by current standards. It's just not fair. Um, oh, and and my friends, my judgmental friends, you will be judged by the standards of 2044 when these pictures you're posting come out. So enjoy that then. The survey asked respondents about what kind of behavior by a politician would be considered offensive enough to warrant their leaving off uh, leaving office. Survey respondents viewed wearing blackface as worse than cheating on a spouse, but not as bad as misuse of taxpayer money, sexual assault and a few other transgressions. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought to rank stuff like that. Me but, neither. Uh, yeah. It, were any of the other possibilities especially lurid? How about dropping your pants in front of a middle school, say? Committed a felony, uh, accused of sexual harassment, cheated on their spouse, 44%. Anyway, so here's the part I actually found the most interesting. In your life, have you ever seen blackface? I'm not sure that I ha- I, mean, I can't remember an instance, but I would guess that I have. And well, no, I have not seen a blackface minstrel routine. Right, which is the meaning of the word have and I seen, has been for a hundred years. Have I seen people put on makeup to be a black person to portray a black person the way Jimmy Kimmel did NBA players or whatever? I think I probably have at a party or something, yeah. Halloween party. We got a, lo- a lovely note from a listener whose little brother um, idolized Daryl Strawberry as a little kid. He's like seven, eight years old. Idolized him, favorite ball player. And he would dress up as Daryl Strawberry for Halloween. He was a white kid. He actually had a, a skin condition. He he was bald, so he really looked like Daryl Strawberry. And he would uh, he would don that costume for for uh, Christmas for uh, I'm sorry for Halloween. And uh, she's thinking, you know, when he uh, you know gets a little bigger and 
and has a future, if that stuff comes out of the old family photographs, he could be doomed. Even as a child? I don't know. But so the question, have you ever seen blackface? It cuts across almost every socioeconomic group that it's about one in five. It's almost exactly the same number for every single group that has seen blackface, about one in five have. For everyone, it's one in five. You break it down by whether you're 18 to 29 or over the age of 65, it's about one in five or any group in between broken down. Mm. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you've got no college whatsoever or a high degree or no high school, it's all about one in five have seen somebody in blackface. <laughs> a high degree. <laughs> now, have ever worn blackface? It's about 5%. Once again, across every group. Men, women, young, old, Democrat, Republican, educated, non-educated, about 5% of people have worn blackface. I just think that's interesting that there's no standout. Whether you're a rich white person or a poor, it doesn't make any difference, man or woman, wherever you live, it's about the same number. Wow, you know what just popped into my head? Because I saw, you know, there's a tiny, tiny little of steam on this issue a couple of years ago. But can you imagine if Asian people, specifically Japanese people, were to go, you know, completely a burnt, uh, scorched earth on any woman who'd ever dressed as a geisha, worn yellow face or more accurately white face, because you know they generally had white, very light makeup on, or or were naturally pale. Um, which is uh, somebody pointed out to me. I think it was in college that uh, in Japan, uh, particularly, um, you know, in in yesteryear. People strove to have very light skin because, generally speaking, people had slightly darker skin. Whereas in the United States, where many of us are pale faces, people are constantly trying to get darker. And I thought that was a truth about humanity. I'm not sure what it means, but it means something. But if every woman who ever, like, dressed up as a geisha was ruined, you know, they're probably fired from their company, run out of politics. Boy, that'd be something. Wearing white face. So the uh, governor of Virginia is clearly going to survive. I think that story is over. He's going to stay in office because the people behind him are so compromised. If you didn't hear on Friday because you live a normal life and don't follow the news. Good for you. The guy in uh, second place, that lieutenant governor who had been accused of rape by a woman at Stanford, uh, got accused by another woman who said, yeah, he did the same thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everybody needs, needs to know this guy's a rapist. And it is just... Does this make you guilty? No, but it's fairly detailed and sane sounding. It doesn't sound like a crazy person. Right. And the fact that there are two people out there that sound normal, making a fairly specific accusation of when and where, who I told, et cetera, et cetera. There are oh. friends coming forward and saying, oh, yeah, they told, they, they, she told us that. Exactly. I and think, the, I think he's probably done. The he fundraising do. letter, you read about that a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, did they go to Duke? Was that where they went? Or UNC? Or I, I think it may have been Duke. But fellow alums were trying to prop this guy's candidacy up and said, hey, we're having a fundraising event. You want to be part of it? And she wrote back, no, Josh raped me in college. I never want to hear his name again. Drop me off of this list. And that was a couple of years ago. You know, which is compelling. She could still be crazy, but listen, the Lieutenant Gov says, no, I didn't, and I am not resigning. So, uh, on it goes. You can't boot people out of office over allegations, or there would be nobody left in office. Uh, No. Um, I think he probably did it, but I did see somebody, trying to find that, somebody posted, and this was like a legal mind, he needs to prove that he didn't do it. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that look like? 
Okay. Oh, my gosh. I deny this latest unsubstantiated allegation, Fairfax responded on Friday after the second woman came forward. Okay, I get that. Ask what evidence Fairfax had that would demonstrate that the charge was false. The spokesman said in due time, all the facts will come out. What evidence you have that the charge was false? I have to come (sighs) forward with that if I'm accused of something. Um, Evidence that I didn't rob the bank. I really don't have any. Not going to have any. That, but this is I'm 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 this is this is a rough day for me today because we're we're questioning the very most basic precepts of logical human beings. You can't prove a negative. I thought everybody knew that. Well, bad, and now we're dragging that back out. Maybe you can. In fact, you should. Bad job from him and his spokesman not to point that out right away. I have to prove that I'm that I didn't do it. That's not the way our system works. Right. Uh, What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we've got more from his CBS interview. What about the Virginia governor's pants? All has the check pants. Uh, We broke that story here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. There you go. (laughs) All eyes in El Paso tonight. Dueling rallies. Trump and a Democratic challenger. Same time, same place. Yes. And a connection between lack of sleep and DNA damage. Coming up. Playing a lot of Grammy winners today. We should talk about that at some point. Some of the speeches were good. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Did a Fox News host just say on the air that he hasn't washed his hands in 10 years? (laughs) Because he doesn't believe germs are a thing. What? Or... Rejecting the germ theory of disease. hmm? Or is that one of those stories somebody made up and it's flying around the internet? Ah. I don't actually know the answer to that. Just just came across my my eyesight. Boy, the story about the uh, real estate listing with the love dungeon is true. Did you see that? Went wild over the weekend. I don't know if he has a love dungeon. He certainly could afford it. Jeff Bezos and his ongoing thing with his mistress and uh, the National Enquirer. Need to update on that. Well, he's obviously very randy if he's sending around pictures of his uh, equipment. Whatever. What are you doing that for, dude? Uh, News now with Marshall Phillips. No, 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 no. He's not going anywhere. Democratic Governor Ralph Northam says he's been very upset over that photo on his medical school yearbook page of a man in blackface and another man in a Ku Klux Klan hood and robe. He was telling CBS Gail King. Yes, I have thought about resigning, but but I've also thought about what Virginia needs right now. And I, I really think that I'm in a position where, where I can take Virginia to the next level. He actually said at one point, I'm a doctor, so I can heal yes. this state. Well, not to mention the guy after me is an accused rapist. And then we got another blackface guy. And then we got a Republican. And that would be unacceptable. So I'm staying. After the photo from 1984 surfaced over a week ago, Northam initially said, yes, I'm in it. But then, after looking at it much more closely, he denied it the next day. Gail King asking him if he was sure he wasn't in that picture. Well, let me ask you this. Are those your pants? Those pants are very distinct. Do you have a pair of pants that look like that? I have never had any pants like that. There you go. Come on, Gail, you're older than dirt. You remember everybody had pants like that back in the day. I mean, <laughs> sure. the fact that they're exactly the same is a little, uh, is something, but. Eh, maybe it was a, uh, you know, a Costco thing. They're uh, 20 bucks. Everybody was that buying them. It's a very common pant back in the day. Sure. Meanwhile, Joe, you mentioned this. Articles of impeachment could derail Virginia Democratic Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax's political career. The Washington Post reporting lawmakers began a draft resolution yesterday to start that 
process. I thought they'd, they'd pull that back now. They're retracting that because somebody informed them he's got to be convicted of something. Or it has to have been done in office. So events are breaking moment by moment yes, here, Marshall. Dueling rallies. Dueling rallies. Former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke will headline a rally tonight in El Paso at the same time as the president holds a campaign rally himself in the border city. Well, that's a good publicity stunt by old Beto. He is obviously thinking over the uh, the big run. The big run in 2020. O'Rourke. For cons- Senate or President? President. Because the other Senate seat's up, too. Yeah, so Some people true. think good he's point. running yeah, against it's Cornyn. Texas. Running against Cornyn for the yeah, Texas. Good point. O'Rourke has been a constant critic of Trump's claim the Democrats' hometown was chaotic and violent before border fencing went up 10 years ago. That's what Trump has been saying about El Paso. And Democrat Elizabeth Warren is taking aim at President Donald Trump, saying, well, saying a lot of things. A Massachusetts senator has largely avoided talking about Trump since she began testing the waters for a campaign more than a month ago. But now she's on the stump, and she is stumping hard. Every day. There's a racist tweet, a hateful tweet, something really dark and ugly. Are we going to let him use those to divide us? You know, here's what bothers me. By the time we get to 2020, Donald Trump may not even be president. No! Oh! Oh! In fact... He may not even be a free person. Oh, my. Whatever. That's Whatever. And so she gave a long speech in her, uh, that's the official launch of her campaign. We, we got to stop this as the media. Every, everybody doesn't get seven launches. You get one right. launch, right? right. You, get, right. you get one right. officially Here's declared. your launch card. You can play it once. <laughs> Boy, Elizabeth Warren testing the waters by paddling her canoe silently through them. <laughs> As part of our bipartisan legislation, I would like the same rules to apply to uh, department store bankruptcies. I'm looking at you, Sears. Right. You get one bankruptcy. <laughs> How about jewelry stores going out of business? Who's with me? But here's me standing up for yeah. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Um, uh, literally standing up for the good of political discussion. She gives this long speech about tax policy and uh, and various entitlements and how they should be reformed or not or whatever. And exactly. And she takes a shot at Trump, says basically he might be in jail. That's the only thing that gets played and people talk about. Come on, can we can we as a country discuss the policies of these no, people? Shut up, you're boring me. So uh, what about Amy Klobuchar? Why are you hating on the Minnesotan, Marshall? How about uh, her launch in fourteen degree weather with the snow coming down on her head? Right, That's right. Something. She's from the middle of the country, Marshall. The middle of her party. There's the Mississippi right there. Vote for me. I'm a problem solver. But then the, the story's out. She's mean to her staff. Yes. She's demanding and mean. We can't have somebody demanding and mean leading the most powerful nation in the history of the world. Yes, We have to have somebody undemanding and nice. Apparently, she's very demanding. And mean. And mean. <laughs> All right, then. It's <laughs> a wrap on her. At the can't gr- tell the players without a scorecard. <laughs> at the Grammys, country artist Casey Musgraves celebrating a big Musgraves, win. Musgraves, plural. There's more than one of her. Right. There's like seven of them. She took home album of the year, along with best country album for uh, her 2018 project, Golden Hour. It was unbelievable to be even in a category with such gigantic albums. Really brilliant works of art. Just, uh, it's really crazy. 
Her album's called Golden Shower? No, no Hour Idiot. Hour. Oh, my Lord. Oh. Uh, you know, I've heard just a few snippets, and yeah. uh, and they're they're interesting and compelling. I, it must be pretty good, I guess. Uh, generally speaking, I'd, I'd as soon watch a awards show for breakfast cereals than uh, pop music. Yeah. But uh, the the lyrics I've heard from her are brave. Greta Van Fleet yes. won Best Rock Album. I saw Who them is on, she? I saw them on Saturday Night Live the other night. I thought they were really awesome. And uh, Lady Gaga won Best Pop Solo. Any other category you care? You don't care about any of them. So it's not really. To... I will tell you this about Greta Van Fleet, though. I am pleased that they are not pretty. Apparently, the, they are not. The, they're, <laughs> they are well, definitely not. It's as if a, a family of trolls looking. emerged from under a bridge and began playing hard rock. Uh, but I'm glad to see you don't have to be a model, you know, to be taken seriously in the music business for at least yeah. a cup of coffee. Yeah, we should we should appreciate that. the uh, the biggest ha- uh, categories in my household. You had best choral performance going uh-huh. to McCloskey, yes. the Zealot Canticles, uh, Donald yes. Nally, of course. Really good work from him. <laughs> yeah, some uh, of the best Canticles I've ever heard. Best orchestral performance, uh, the Shostakovich, so the symphonies numbers four <laughs> and eleven. Those two were really stood out from nine the rest. Nine blue. Yeah. I don't know if you heard nine. Please. It was they, they shouldn't have even put that out. So yeah, those, those are the two big categories for me: best choral performance right. and best orchestral performance. Okay. All right. They give away eighty Grammys before the broadcast. Yeah. 80. There are 80 categories before they get to the, like, 10 they do on TV. Best classical compendium was quite the contest <laughs> oh, as well. Gotta love a good compendium. Oh, please. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Did I even say that? The winner of the best classical compendium? Uh, no. No, don't say that. Okay. <laughs> Can't say that. Not the way it's pronounced, I don't think. Is it? Is it naughty? Yeah. Wow. The name is naughty. Wow. Maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. The uh, highlighted one there? Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Can't say that. I think it's pronounced Fuchs. Okay. <laughs> I better hope so. I hope it's pronounced Fuchs. <laughs> uh, so, for instance, who is this, Michael, that we're listening to? Uh, Casey Musgraves. Best album of the year, according to the Grammys, which is awards for art. Um... I've got to dig deeper on this Fox host who says he hasn't washed his hands in 10 years. Try to Do figure we? out if that's real or not. Also, Green New Deal, a lot about that in the news over the weekend. Man, that was the discussion topic on all your Sunday morning smart people shows. The GND, as they call it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. has launched a Valentine's Day promotion that lets people get revenge on their exes by naming a cockroach after them and then feeding the cockroach to a meerkat. So that'll show them that that they were right to break up with you. Delta Airlines has introduced a new plane that features windows in the bathrooms. Unfortunately, they face into the cabin. Wow! And... How does that indicate Trump's stupid? Where's the part where Trump's stupid? Wow, SNL returning to humor. <laughs> well, 
Um, so Fox has a host was, on the uh, was uh, old uh, what's his name uh, Alex uh, Trebek no what's what's his name fat guy used to be handsome in the submarine movie Alec Baldwin uh, that's him that's the one was he <laughs> unavailable Baldwin. was he facing charges in some precinct in New York he couldn't be on there to remind us how dumb Trump is um, Fox News host Pete Hegsworth on their Sunday morning show Fox and Friends I don't, I don't know this guy but he said I don't think I've washed my hands in 10 years over the weekend I just find this part funny um, bah, 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 bah. He said, um, my 2019 resolution is, is to say things on the air that I say off the air. I don't think I've washed that'll, my hands. That'll go well. <laughs> I don't think I've washed my hands for 10 years. Wow. Germs are not a real thing. I can't see them. Therefore, they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually? And was he kidding? He was laughing. But anyway, I like the idea of I'm going to say things I say. Off the air, on the air. I might start doing that myself. Anyway, wow. welcome. Glad wow. you're here. I, I should have teased this. I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm bad at my job, apparently. Do you know it's my birthday today, Jack? I did. I have completed another trip around the sun, and I tell you, it's good to be back in this quadrant of the solar system, because out by, there by Venus, you can't get a decent lunch. It's I, I I did know that, but yeah. I thought I'd let you bring it up. In because case I'm a grown man. Didn't want to bring it up. And who cares? Uh, I am in a contemplative mood, however, today. Just uh, thinking uh, about, you know, priorities and, and time spent and the rest of it. I think I may have a birthday resolution. I'm a still birthday resolution? It. Is it the sort of thing you're going to share with people or not? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. My kids, have, my kids have school off today because it's Lincoln's birthday. His actual birthday is tomorrow. The 12th. Or mm-hmm. yeah. um, I was always uh, resentful. I was one day off. <laughs> when did that become a thing? Get it with Cheryl Crow, though. Okay, great. Super. And Burt Reynolds shares my birthday. <laughs> But not Abe Lincoln. Nope. Mom couldn't hold out one more day and and me on the same day as my hero. Nope. You're one day off Lincoln. I'm one day off Washington. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, uh, Armstrong and Getty. One day off of the greatest leaders of our country of something. Birthdays and such. My (laughs) kids have the day off for Lincoln's birthday. Then I have next Monday off for President's Day. What, what, What is going on there? I think they just want days off. I think they do. Uh, so, listen, this would have been a great tease if I was good at my job. I should have been saying this all hour long. This is perhaps my favorite all-time lies, damned lies, and statistics um, a- a- example. Those being the three sorts of lies, according to Mark Twain. We heard this story on the Armstrong and Getty Show and virtually everywhere on Friday. Do you remember it? That the top three richest families in the country hold more wealth than the bottom 50% of the domestic population, mm-hmm. a total of 160 million people. Um, the report fails to answer one critical question, so what? Um, and, and it's funny because this story, it, it cuts both ways. Here's your factoid. About a half of Americans, depending who you ask, have zero net worth or less. Their debts exceed their assets. And so the positive Sean portfolio, which is literally hundreds of dollars. At work right now, generating a passive income for me, positive Sean. That's right. You, the elite. (laughs) Anyway. Investor class. If you have $112, you have more wealth than 50% of Americans. That's worth keeping in mind. Now, if those three people have more total wealth than the total wealth of 160 million people, that is really interesting. But if those 160 million people have no wealth, what does that mean? 
If you are a paycheck-to-paycheck sort of person and buy a car, which many people do, and I I have done, you are immediately in the negative. Because you're immediately upside down on that car because they lose value so quick. Yeah. Yeah. And And you're going to be in the negative for for a while. Most people's biggest debt is their home, and most people are not currently underwater in their home. Please, God, please, God, oh, please, not another crash, oh, please. Um, But in spite of the fact that, you know, home, uh, a mortgage is most people's biggest debt, and that's... Uh, a uh, what do you call it? It's uh, there's collateral. It's um, there's a term for that. It doesn't matter. It's collateral. Um, with something that's generally increasing in value as opposed to a car, which right. is always decreasing in value. Right. You are not upside down just because you have a mortgage. Presumably, you have a house that is worth more than your mortgage. So it's interesting. If you have a hundred and ten dollars, you have more wealth than half of Americans. Um, that is that is that is an interesting statistic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these days, uh, well, that's not that interesting. So um, you can take a guy who's got $100, as you mentioned, or 5000 or pick whatever amount. This guy has $5,000, and he has more worth wealth than half the country. Right. Should that be? No. No, it shouldn't be. We need to completely, radically alter the structure of this country and its government. According to OAC and her fellow communists, Um you could try saving, I suppose. Housing costs are completely out of control, particularly anywhere near the co- the coasts. But, you know, I've, I've always lived by the philosophy, including when I was young and poor and, and I was married when I was 12 years old. It was an arranged marriage. It's the custom of my people, Midwesterners. Um, we were we just always, always saved. And if we had to live in a really, really crappy place um, and save, we saved. I would just urge you, my friends, not to live your life because of what you see around you or to keep up with the Joneses or or to think of yourself as a statistic. You are an individual with the power of choice. Live your financial life independently according to your principles. But, you know, end of lecture. Do what you want. It's not my problem. Unless socialism comes, then it's directly my problem. Oh, yeah. It'll become your problem. Oh, yeah. I know it will. That's why I've given up. It's so my present to myself on my birthday. I've given up on democracy because it's too discouraging these days to believe people can govern themselves. It makes me frustrated and mad all the time. And if I'm frustrated and mad all the time, I'm going to die prematurely. You'll shorten your life. You won't have but, as many birthdays as you want. Well, and I like being alive. I enjoy it a great deal. Hang out with me for a while. You'll see. Um, and I just I don't want to make myself crazy. So the I really, fact that there was anything but mockery over the Red New Deal is insane to me, but we'll talk about that later. Um, did you see the NHL player got hit in the face and his teeth flew out? Have you seen the video of that? Uh-uh. That's a video making the rounds. He gets sticked right oh, in the really? face. And oh. for some reason, the angle with the black background or whatever, you can see his chiclets coming out of his mouth. Oh, and flying that's the a air. bad thing. I don't want to see that. Yeah, that's yeah. a popular one. I've taken a stick to the mouth. It's uh, not enjoyable. The only reason I brought it up is I really liked the quote from the coach. That's why we have dentists, right? And he went back out. <laughs> that is the difference That's hockey. between hockey and snowflakes. <laughs> there are no snowflakes in hockey. That's why we have dentists. Get back out there. Right. You know, I've become... Boo-hoo, a- you lost nine teeth. Get out there. I've become a big fan of uh, Mick Mulvaney. He's the acting White House chief of staff. He's still running office management and budget. Is he still running the consumer place, too? Yeah. Soon he'll be the secretary of defense. He came in on the Tea Party wave back in the day, and he's a fiscal hawk. And, um, you know, I'm glad he's in the Trump administration to try to whatever extent he he can have influence on, uh, you know, fiscal 
responsibility in the Trump administration. But he was on Chris Wallace yesterday. He was actually on Meet the Press and the Fox show. The headline has been, uh, the shutdown isn't entirely off the table. That's a stupid headline. It's Of course it's not. I, why would it be? How can you have a negotiation if you say, my 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 biggest stick is off the table? But so that's just dumb. Right. But it, the interesting thing that uh, I heard on Chris Wallace's show is... Um, Another group of Trump schedules have leaked out. Just like happened a couple of weeks ago. Somebody mm-hmm. in the White House is attempting to make Trump look bad. Mm-hmm. Somebody in his own White House. And uh, Chris Wallace on Fox asked Mulvaney about that. And he said, yeah, um, first of all, he said about 400 people get that basic schedule. There's really not that much in it. It doesn't tell you very much. But it is a problem that we've got somebody that's leaking that out. He said a lot of people don't know this, but the way it works is there are holdovers from previous administrations that are a lot of our people. They aren't our people. Mm-hmm. They're people that work for other administrations. Um, he said, but we're getting close to finding who it is. He said, how, Chris Wall said, how long will it take? Mulvaney said, by the end of this week, we expect to name who has been leaking the schedules. But here's the thing. Everybody's going to find out how difficult it is to fire a federal employee. Because I have been through this before in various departments, and I'm going to show you that it's almost impossible to fire any federal employee, no matter what they do. And that is a problem. I want to kiss him right on the lips. Yeah, that should be the story that comes out of that this week. Right. Wow, now you got my attention. You can't fire somebody for that. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.